in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's riding on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club at the Suncoast. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy every Saturday night. Shows at 7 and 9.30. The Yankees beat the Guardians 4-1 to in Game 1 of the ALDS. Harrison Bader and Anthony Rizzo both homered for New York. And Garrett Cole gave up just one run through six and a third. Uh, I gave this hot take to Adam Candy, uh, a Yankees fan. As an Astros fan, I would rather face the Yankees than the Guardians in the ALCS. Why is that? Because I believe the only way the Astros get eliminated by an American League team is if another team's pitching holds them to like two yeah. runs a game. A lot, what happened yesterday, I don't think is going to happen very often. The Astros giving up seven runs. I think if right. you're going to beat the Astros, you're going to have to beat them two to one or three to right. two multiple times. So I think the Guardians are more likely. They've got better pitching than the Yankees. Like the Guardians are, that's how they're built to win is a two to one game. What so, was Adam's response? Uh, he understood me. Yeah. But he also is like a pessimistic Yankees fan. So <laughs> I feel his, I feel his pain. And you're both up 1-0 in the first round. <laughs> in the, the first round. <laughs> so uh, Yankees up one nothing. I think they probably, I don't know. I do think they take care of that series, but there's always the chance the Guardians do pull out a couple of 2-1 wins and all of a sudden they've got a chance to eliminate the Yankees. Were you happy, satisfied with the uh, effort that your team put out today? Satisfied with the effort? We just got smashed. Like, what are we talking about here, guys? Jared, you should cut that down to just, we just got smashed. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. I will. Uh, the Phillies beat the Braves 7-6 to in game one of the NLDS. Max Fried only went three and a third. He gave up six runs. Only four of those were earned. He had a 2-4-8 ERA in the regular season. So he got uncharacteristically uh, hit around. Oh, yeah, smashed. Are the Phillies good? I'm telling you. What's the, what, what do you always say? It's the playoffs. Anything can happen. And all of a sudden, they're hitting the heck out of the ball. So, so And they hit the ball. I shouldn't say that because they hit the ball uh, after the after Girardi got fired. They really started coming off and said so it helped that Harper came back. Um, but, you know, you get hot and you start believing in yourselves. I mean, I, I don't think they'll win the series, but who knows? They, in the offseason, the guys they added, the Schwarbers, the Nick Castellanos, good hitters who you would prefer not play in the field, right? Like, they are a team that went all in on guys that can hit and sort of disregarded the whole, hey, we need to get outs as well from the guys with the gloves on their hands. But what that means is... The Philadelphia Phillies have a good have they have good enough offensive players that they can outscore opponents. And also, I the stat was the second half of the season, if you went wins above replacement from starting pitchers, number 1 LA Dodgers, number 2 Houston Astros, number, number 3, three Philadelphia, Philadelphia Phillies, yeah. They got really good starting pitching the second half of the year. So they have good enough players, and technically everybody does that's still left in the playoffs. But they have good enough players that if they get two starting pitchers to pitch well every time they're out there and they get three of the guys in their lineup to be hot, that's enough to win playoff series. And they've got good enough players between Harper. I mean, Schwarber hit 47, something like yeah. that, home runs yep. this year. Between Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, everybody else in that lineup, They've got enough to win playoff series. It's just 
the Braves have more, and so you would still expect the Braves to win. But the Phillies have enough that they absolutely can win that series. And I don't think they'd beat the Dodgers, but they have again oh, they have a, they have enough that if they get hot, they can absolutely win any series against yeah. anybody. They have the pieces to do so. What does his absence do to you in terms of preparation, your staff? Nothing. You you prepare. I mean, it, we go through every single year. You have absences, um, regardless of what the reason is. Injuries, um, absences. You you prepare the same way. Draymond Green is expected to play in the Warriors season opener. Uh, also, uh, might play in the final preseason game of the year for Golden State. Steph Curry behind the scenes. Apparently, brought them brought uh, he and Jordan Poole together. So. Green is not going to be suspended by the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he has been away from the team since he punched Jordan. Well, since it became public that he punched Jordan Poole in and we the saw face. It. And as you said, Steph Curry uh, reportedly was the peacemaker. Mediator. Yeah. Between yeah. Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. And he will likely be out there for yep. game one of the regular season. Is that fine like do we care that there's no suspension coming for Draymond I mean Green? I don't care that's their team they can handle it how they want to I know he got fined which means nothing at that level I mean would they find him 10 grand for a guy like that who you know I mean that's 10 cents to him um it doesn't matter to me either way I think it matters more what Jordan Poole thinks right he's the one who got hit in the face that I think is the the sort of the big question and uh Draymond Green his public apology was actually a good apology in terms of owning up to what he did, yeah. understanding what he did and why it was wrong and the, the consequences that it had. I would have to guess if the reporting on Steph Curry being the mediator, that Jordan Poole's probably in a pretty comfortable position with Draymond Green coming back. Like, that, I, 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 I'm going to take a guess that the Warriors yeah. would not bring him back for game one. I don't Jordan think they, if, if Jordan Poole was still pissed about it right. or was not happy that he was coming back. Right. Um, now... To me, the main question for that team going forward, what happens in game 11, game 34, game 56, game 70 of this season? Because Draymond Green is not the personality, the character, the basketball player that is just going to be a passive player, right? There is more than likely going to be a moment this season. Right. Doesn't mean he's going to punch somebody. But what, what happens when Draymond Green just yells something at Jordan Poole about a shot he took or something during a game. Does anything happen? Does Jordan Poole feel differently about it? That's what I'm curious to see because we're not talking about an athlete that has never had an issue with teammates or anything. Right. Like that's who Draymond Green is, minus the punching. That this is who Draymond it wouldn't if the punching was definitely over the line, but if we had gotten video of Draymond Green just going chest to chest with Jordan Poole during practice, that's nothing. We'd be that like that oh. probably happens at every practice right. every day. We'd be like, oh of course he did. So that like is Draymond Green going to tone that back for Jordan Poole? Or are we going to see in whatever, game 48 this year, Draymond Green do something like that around Jordan Poole? And how does that situation play out? I can't. Are you proud of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're proud of yourself? Yeah, Fox backs me. Wow. Well, and to be honest, to be honest. No, 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 that's enough. That's enough. Next question, please. Russell Wilson should be ready to play on Monday night. The Broncos, another primetime game for that phenomenal team. Uh, We got the report after the Thursday night game that he flew to L.A. to get a shot for his lat to help with uh, discomfort in his lat. I mean, where is your lat? My lat. 
Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, I thought it was there. It's on your back. It's like okay. it's like your shoulder on your back, but your shoulder up okay. in that area. Um, so yeah, yeah. So, that was a large discussion of oh, this yeah. story yesterday. Of we learned that yesterday. none of us know anatomy was, and physiology. Yeah, not at all. So when you see the story about how oh, he flew to L.A. to get a shot, does that come off as like an excuse? No, I mean so? I, I. When I heard about it, it. And maybe I took the positive side of this or the non-pessimistic side of it. I, th- I thought it explained a lot. I'm with you. Physiology, I don't know how much a lat is going to affect a performance. I assume it perfect performance uh, affects it somewhat. Jared's doing the motion of throwing a football. Are you trying to identify how your lat feels when you throw a football? Yeah, but then I'm remembering I'm doing a bunch of Patrick Mahomes things where he just sort of like will flip it to his other hand and be like, yeah, my lat hurt on that side, so I threw it with my <laughs> other hand. The reason that I think it jumped out as an excuse, excuse is because he, stunk? he flew to L.A., right? You're telling me there's not a doctor in Denver that can administer this shot. He flew to L.A. and it got leaked to the media, right? Like it was it was given to the media as a story. Hey, Russell Wilson. After he, the Raider game. No, he, here's exactly me. what. Yeah, here's After exactly what game. his injury is. Here's exactly what he's getting to fix the injury or to make it feel better. And he's going to L.A. to do so. Like, that's a lot of details. And to me, jumps out as they he, he might actually have the injury, but they want it out there. Hey, he's got the injury so that people are like, oh, he's playing through an injury. Of course, he sucks. I think is an excuse. I think they want it to be an excuse. I mean, I think he's got the injury. Because, I yes. hope he's not getting on planes to take shots for nothing. Would be great if he was. Yeah. Well, it's Russell Wilson. He probably would get on a plane to go just shoot a bad subway commercial or something like that. He probably would. Step back one-legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? Win. Great coaching That's moment. the best one. Uh, Brett. Okay, here's some Brett Favre quotes for you. I have been unjustly smeared in the media. I have done nothing wrong, and it is past time to set the record straight. No one ever told me, and I did not know, that funds designated for welfare recipients were going to the university or me. Brett Favre received money that went A, to him for public speaking events that he never showed up for, B, to the Southern Miss volleyball program where his daughter was going to school, and C went to a what was it a pharmaceutical company that he had invested in three different areas he got money from the state of Mississippi that they took out of the welfare fund now right? he's shooting the messenger and now he's saying well they never told me it was coming from the welfare fund that we have reporting from Mississippi today a news outlet in Mississippi that has the text messages where Brett Favre yeah, asked the text somebody messages that worked certainly for the don't governor, back him up. Right, that said, will the media find out about right. this? So he might not have known specifically where it was coming from, but he was worried about people knowing yes. he was getting this money. There's some hint of guilt, and, and uh, I know what's going on here. And then this was from Pro Football Talk Story on it. Uh, the state auditor, Shad White, was on Fox News, and he said on Fox News, that Favre, uh, there's no evidence that Favre knew the money was coming from a specific fund for needy families, but he did know that it was coming for some agency that was supposed to be helping the poor people of Mississippi. Yeah. This so is might, complete 
damage control. Oh, 100%. And he's out here being like, I've been smeared. Nobody told me where it's coming from. Yeah, you might not have known the exact name of the agency you were right. taking it from. But you knew a roundabout way of what it was, what, where the money was supposed to be earmarked. You knew the state of Mississippi was not supposed to be giving you money to build a volleyball complex. Right. And then giving you money for speaking engagements you didn't show up right. to. Like, he didn't, he didn't do the speaking engagements he got paid to do. Like, he's trying to be like, ah, Technically, I didn't know where the money was coming from, but he knew he was wrong. Absolutely knew he was wrong. I mean, this is this is this got to be because of the time of year that we are in. This got to be a really difficult thing for some Mississippi um, politician to be like. Well, I could run on the fact that my opponents gave Brett Favre a bunch of money, but it's Brett Favre, so it'll probably backfire on me. I think that I think that'd be a good platform. But I all the people that did this are are out. They've been out for a few. Can we years. get a can we get a commercial on this? Oh, we should. Some kind of political commercial. I haven't yeah. seen enough of those. He backed Brett Favre. <laughs> well, he can was... you imagine a just a smear campaign ad of just look at him and his Brett Favre jersey <laughs> yes. from 2001. We're the police and we don't support this. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know I can't tell you that. Ron Rivera apologized for calling out Carson Wentz. He got asked why his team was one and four and the rest of the NFC East is four and one or better. And Rivera gave a one word answer quarterback. Um, he tried to then explain, well, these other teams have had continuity, even though the giants have a new head coach and the Cowboys have been doing it with a backup quarterback. Uh, but yesterday, Ron Rivera said, Carson and I had a co- nice conversation. <laughs> so I think we're ready to roll. Uh, Went said, coach addressed it, handled it. Nothing for me that I'm overly concerned about. How do you explain that away? How how in the world can Ron Rivera look at him and say, I didn't really mean anything about you? If he had given, if he had given his second answer first, if he had said, well, we haven't had a lot of continuity here. You know, the Eagles have done a good job building around Jalen Hurts. The Cowboys defense is great. And Cooper Rush could just step in and throw for 100 yards and win a game. And look, the Giants figured out how to use Daniel Jones. Like, if he had given that answer first, not a big deal, right? It might be a little bit excuse-making, but nobody would make a big deal out of it. The fact that he gave a one-word answer of quarterback. Quarterback, quarterback, yeah. And then had to explain after he was asked another question is what's bad. Because when you just say quarterback... Oh, you're just saying it's all his fault. Right. You're not really saying, oh, the continuity and the situation... You're saying Think, our quarterback is, sucks. Stinks. He stinks, and that's why we're one and four. <laughs> so that that's the, he tried to explain it away, and he can't because you can't just say, ah, oh, why do you suck quarterback and expect that to be, well, listen to all these nuanced answers I need to give now. I mean, it is a good way to get a one and four football team national media coverage. Do you because, want it when you're true. one and four? I, according to people on Twitter, that's it's what you deserve. When you're one and four. It's true. All right. The front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club at the Suncoast. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy every Saturday night with shows at 7 and 9.30. Pass on the breakout. Knocked down by Petrangelo. Stevenson in. Whipstall got it to him. He scores! Mark Stone! A huge fist pump. 24 seconds to go. Mark Stone. Two fist pumps. He goes far down, and the Knights have their third lead of the day. It's the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. The goal now is to always catch Ed singing. Is that what you're (laughs) trying to do there? Yeah. All right. uh, We have some Devontae Adams news. 
Josh Dubow of the AP just tweeted that the Kansas City police say Devontae Adams was charged with misdemeanor assault. Oh, okay. That's not that bad. I've been charged with that. <laughs> Did you go to jail? <laughs> no, it's a misdemeanor. So according to um, this fun website here, a conviction of a Class A misdemeanor carries a punishment of one year in prison and or fines up to $2,000. Class C misdemeanor has 15 days uh, imprisonment and fines up to $750. So I guess it depends on if they get Class A, Class C, Class B conviction okay. on Devontae Adams. And it's also can carry uh, a prison sentence. I highly doubt Devontae Adams will be uh, in prison for any of this, but he has been charged with something. Now, you were not here yesterday, so haven't talked to you about this. Devontae Adams is two-hand shove to the photographer uh, as Adams tried to go through the tunnel to go to the locker room after the game. Has there been an overreaction, underreaction to this? What do you what do you think of the I Adams situation? It was really bad to begin with, but I'd only seen one angle of it, right? The first angle we saw, he totally pushed him and you saw the guy come to the side. The second angle it's not right that he pushed him. There's no question about that. But I can see a situation where he's going off the field, and this guy comes right through his vision. And, I mean, you just never know what's happening with fans or what's going on in the field or whatever. And he he pushes out to get him away. I Again, it was wrong. I'm not saying it was right. And I don't know if you saw the second angle. I thought the second angle didn't make it as serious as what I first thought it was. I would buy Did you that. See that. Yes, I would buy that if Devonta Adams helped the guy up. If Adams, if if you here first off, natural reaction to shove somebody that cuts you off is not two handed shove, right? No, I no, I like I said, right. I don't excuse the two handed shove. But okay, if we want to buy the idea that somebody cut him off and whatever he was he just, just reacted, right? Okay, that's fine. If he had immediately helped the guy up and was like, oh, like, are you okay? Let's get you back on your feet and all that. Then I could buy a little bit of, oh, he just reacted and he wasn't right or whatever. But the fact that he shoves the guy and then essentially steps over him to walk back to the locker room without even looking back at him. That to me just makes it that that there's not. Is that to you a misdemeanor assault? (laughs) Based on this website, it is. Based on the definition, it is. necessary. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Based on this, uh, an act inflicting physical harm or unwanted physical contact uh, is simply referred to as assault. So, yeah. I mean, that's unwanted physical contact and inflict. I don't know. We said yesterday he had every, or I said yesterday, yesterday afternoon, he has every right to file the report. Right. Because if you're the photographer, you are working, carrying equipment. And you get two-handed shoved to the ground by Devontae Adams. There, there's a level of this. Obviously, people are like, "Ah, oh, he's he's trying to get some money for Devontae Adams, and good for him. Knock yourself out." But the other part of this, I think, there's just a level of officially taking actions to cover himself. Right? I mean, he got shoved down while he was working. Right. If any of his equipment broke. Right. Well, I was going to say Heidi Fang, my colleague at the Review Journal, on the plane yesterday. I said, "What do you think?" She goes. Those cameras are expensive. Yeah, I mean, if so. it, if Heidi Fang got pushed to the ground and her camera broke, the Review Journal would probably like make her file yeah. a police report to be like, "Hey, we need to get this equipment paid for right. because you shoved our our, uh, our cameraman, our, camera woman to the ground." Yeah. So I there. Listen, 
he might just be trying to get some money out of Devontae Adams, and I don't blame him for it. Go for it. You got shoved to the ground while you're working. But I do think there's a level of this where he just had to officially go through the steps of, hey, I got shoved to the ground. Maybe he got hurt. I don't know if he did or not. But also, my equipment might have broke. I need to make sure this is official and have everything go through the right process. Yeah. Because if I... If if he needs a hospital bill paid for, if he needs a camera, well, he or whatever, went to the hospital. Yeah, if he needs whatever paid for, it needs to all be official so that it goes yeah. back to Devontae Adams. So I don't blame him for any of that. I, oh, I don't either. He had every right to do what he did. Overall, on Devontae Adams, he didn't like that question from Adam Hill a couple right. weeks ago about driving the pace car to NASCAR race, and gave a very weird answer about what was effectively a softball question. Right. And it's like, he told hey, Adam, I know what you're trying to do. Yeah. And that was very was weird, too. Very strange. And the Raiders, they were 0 and 3, I believe, if I remember correctly, at that time. Yes. And then he slams his helmet after the final offensive play of that game. When he and Renfro collided. Right. right? Slam like harder than I've seen anybody spike right. their helmet into the ground. That was a hell of a spike. And then shoves this guy walking off. I am not going to pretend like I know exactly how Devontae Adams acted in Green Bay. But this has to be the most uh, public frustration that Devontae Adams mm-hmm. has ever shown. Ever. Like, I, I do not remember any incident when he was in Green Bay. And, and it, I said yesterday, maybe we'd have somebody on from Green Bay just to ask them one what question. What was he like? Did Devontae Adams right. ever do anything yeah. like this? Right. Because it's fascinating to me that at one and four, are like we're, are we seeing Devontae Adams at the most frustrated he's ever been playing football? There's a great chance of that. And again, I didn't hear. I, I'm with you on that. Thinking back to his whole career with Rodgers, I mean, they won so much yeah. that he probably wasn't frustrated very often at all. And I, again, this is probably the bad source of information, but just people that have like Packers Twitter profiles or Packers fans on Reddit that I've read through the last couple of days, so many of them are like, Devontae Adams was phenomenal when he was in Green Bay, right? Like, we don't, we've never seen anything remotely bad from Devontae Adams. And now we've got you know, three incidents in the span of three weeks. If you include the helmet throwing in there as a separate one, like this is, this is as frustrated as I, as people may have ever seen him publicly. And maybe there's private frustration or whatever that, that people don't see, but there's so much public frustration. And I told you this, like after week two or three, he's regretting coming to play with Derek Carr and the Raiders. Say that again. He's regretting coming to play with Derek Carr and the Raiders. He, uh, that I that I would not be surprised at one and four not getting the ball a lot in terms of how I, how much I think he believes he should and he's looking up saying well I went from one one, one Hall of Famer to uh, this guy right um I need to go back to the Hall of Fame yeah I, I internally that would not surprise me at all I mean he, lifestyle probably great probably phenomenal. probably great phenomenal <laughs> I mean you know his family big, out big here living out here that's a big change big but positive football change. wise yeah. So, and and the other key in this entire Devontae Adams situation and frustrated and, and where he's playing for now, he chose Las Vegas. Yes. Right? All the reporting have we have. He forced. He chose he Las Vegas. He forced Las Vegas. Right. This wasn't a scenario where a player got drafted to a situation he didn't like, got traded to a situation he didn't want to be in. He chose yeah, Las Vegas. Here. And reportedly, the Packers offered him a contract similar to what he got in Green Bay, right? Or in Vegas. So it's not like he he was just looking to get paid and Vegas was the only one to do it. Green Bay was apparently willing to do so. 
So he chose Las Vegas. He chose Derek Carr. And now he's one and four. Great. He had 124 yards, I think, but it was on three catches. Yeah. Like, it's Two not where the bombs were touched. Right. It's like, it wasn't like, again, good yardage day, but it's not like Devontae Adams was out here getting 15 targets right. and 10 catches. So I, I just wonder A, he already looks frustrated, obviously. And B, I wonder he's regretting it. I, he has, I think at this point, he has to be. And again, it's early. And if they win five of six, like you think they are, Devontae Adams is probably a lot happier. But uh, before we go to break, because we're going to talk to Jason Fitz here in a second, do you think he gets suspended? I think with the charges this morning, there's a really good chance of it. I think being charged with an assault, that there's a good chance he'll be suspended. The NFL often acts on uh, perception and sort of... That's the perception of right. where you've been charged. And I, I think that's I think that's what's going to happen yeah. here. I think he is going to get suspended, and there's going to be other situations or scenarios where players have done something similar or worse and not gotten suspended. But I think he probably probably will get some sort of suspension. The... the Best example right now is Alvin Kamara. Guy was beat a guy up in an elevator here in yeah. Vegas, and he's still playing right now. Now his court case is still ongoing, and that's what the NFL sort of hiding behind. But there's one example right now yeah, of a guy but, playing without a suspension. But on this one, he's actually been charged. Right. Well, so is Kamara. No, I'm saying it's. Uh, I agree with you there, but um, this seems more immediate where Kamara yeah. is still. You know, plead, is he pled not guilty? I'm sure he's pled not guilty. I can't remember. They keep delaying the court case somehow. Right. So that's sort of what Kamara is getting by on. All right. Coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show. Aaron Rodgers is unimpressed with him, but we aren't. It's time for our weekly visit with ESPN's Jason Fitz. Good morning, Jason. Hey, How are buddy. you today? Huh. How's everybody doing today? Well, we're good, but we're not Raiders fans. Well, <laughs> oh, I wish I could say the same some days. I'm not going to lie. Like, would have been much easier if I could have been raised a, I don't know, Patriots fan or a Packers fan or I, I don't know, anything else. Anything at this point. All right, so let's start with Devontae Adams. The breaking news this morning is that he has been charged with a misdemeanor assault after shoving the cameraman down after the game, after the loss to the chiefs um you can you can give us all your thoughts on it but i'm curious do you think he actually gets suspended uh from this incident i think it, i'd be surprised if he gets suspended i think he'll get a hefty fine uh, a game would be the only suspension i think they would give him um but i just i think right now the nfl is very cautious about every metric until they can get far enough away from the suspensions levy for deshaun watson as possible what they don't want to do is create a world where they suspend somebody multiple games, for example, for shoving a, a cameraman, and then they create the open door of, so what's it worth shoving a cameraman versus sexually assaulting 23 people? So, you know, I, I think that's where the NFL is being careful. Same reason that they're not ruling on Alvin Kamara until they absolutely have to. They're just trying to get away from Deshaun Watson. So I don't think he'll be suspended. If he is, I think it'd be one game. But the other part of it is, like, Devontae's got to know everywhere he goes, people are paying attention. Everything he does, people will have phones. That wasn't the right thing to do. It wasn't the right time to do it. And he knows that everything he does will be examined. So saying you're sorry is not going to be good enough in that situation. So I don't, I don't blame the, the person that, that feels that they were assaulted on the field because I know I'd feel the same if I was thrown down by a football player doing my job. So I think this is just a terrible mistake and a misstep by somebody that's better than that. Yeah, so we've seen different angles of it, and the push is not good. 
when you saw the second angle of him coming across pretty fast, did it change your mind at all, or is this just no, he should have never done this, and it's just wrong? I mean, the thing of it is, like, in that moment, I think maybe it's a more human reaction, right? Like, and a lot of us have been there in that situation, but, man, there's just, you just know. You know everything's like, we live in a society now where once you have a certain level of platform, you know everything you do gets overanalyzed. So when you're walking off the field, like, there's a difference between a streaker that's running on the field that you don't know if they have a weapon on them and you tackle them. That is, that is in my mind, you're, you're worried about safety first. But there was very little about that that looked like safety. It looked like, you know, a frustrated person that sees somebody step in their way. Was it overly aggressive by the photographer? Yeah. Would I have done it? No. Uh, but does that, does that justify shoving him down? No. I mean, you just, th- there's no way you're going to win in that situation. Devontae knows that. Uh, this is, I think, the most frustration, public frustration that we have seen from Devontae Adams in his NFL career. Do you think five games in he regrets leaving Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? No, I, I honestly I don't. But I think the frustration, I'm saying this gently, but I think the frustration could be a good thing. I, I, I mean, as much as the Raiders have a bunch of guys that are fun and easy to root for, that have great personalities, that are happy-go-lucky, I'm not sure it's the worst thing to have somebody in that locker room that says, what the hell are we doing? Why the hell are we doing it this way? You know, and last year the Raiders lost five or six games. It took the players deciding to come together, uh, Max, uh, in interviewing Max Crosby before the NFL draft. He talked about the moment that the entire locker room sat down and they said, we get to define what this season is going to be. How do we pull it together? And they came together as men that, that wanted to, to play harder for each other and with each other in a special moment. I don't know that you don't need somebody that's walking in saying this isn't acceptable. I, I mean, I, I like Devontae's fire when it comes to all of this, but is he frustrated? Yeah. Is Aaron Rodgers frustrated? Yeah, they're both frustrated. Would the two of them together in Green Bay be winning a bunch of football games? Probably in an easier NFC, but I still think long-term this is going to work out for Devontae. It's going to work out for the Raiders. They'll be fine. All right, let's get to it. Uh, quick thoughts on going for two. I hate it. I, I hated everything about it. I, it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I don't care what the analytics say and the analytics. Some favor it, some didn't favor it. For me, you were going to have to get a stop either way. If you're up by one, you're going to have to ask your defense to make a stop. If you're tied, you're still going to have to ask your defense to make a stop. And if you're down by one, you're going to have to ask your defense to make a stop. So if you know that the defense is going to have to make a stop no matter what, then why do you put yourself in the only position that would actually lose you the game? There are two ways you go for two. Uh, You don't go for two. There's two ways you can win that football game, three if you include overtime. You can take it tied and win. You can go to overtime and win, and you can win on the last drive with points. If you go down by two, you have to get points to win the game, and there's a viable solution that makes you lose it. I don't understand why he went for it. I don't understand kicking deep after they went for it either because now – like, you need to stop somehow, some way. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand the aggressive play calling on third and one and fourth and one on the last drive. Like, I, I think situational football got the best of Josh McDaniels at the end of that game. So, if you're not uh, in favor of going for two, how do you feel about the field goal attempt when it was 14 nothing on fourth and one? Yeah, I didn't love that either. That didn't make a ton of sense only because of the way they called fourth and one the first time. You know, like... I, look, I'm risk averse, and I'm the first to admit it. So I was sitting in the studio when the Raiders decided to go for the first fourth uh, fourth down, and it turned into a big touchdown. And I said on air because we were Spain and Fitz was going on. I said on air, I'm like, 
I'm glad they don't listen to this idiot because I was the one in the studio saying, why the hell are you going for it right here? Why would you give Mahomes a short field early in the game? Like, I, I think, you know, understanding that that was the tone that they took early on, you don't get to pick and choose aggressiveness. So, you know, I, I, I think when you're up 14 nothing and you have the chance to go up 21 nothing and you're running the football like they did, like, let me be clear, I didn't have a problem with the play call on going for the two-point conversion. I thought running the football made a lot of sense given the way they've run the ball. I just thought that, you know, that aggressiveness right there had more losses than wins. Aggressiveness when you're up 14 nothing, you need those points. Like, I, I see that a lot differently than I see the end of the game when you, when you need a home stop. You might like my ta- hot take this morning that they're going to win five of their next six. Yeah, I, look, I said that on air, and I got killed for it, and uh, I've said it a couple of times, and people have laughed at me, and then, you know, Jim Trotter, who's far more professional than I will ever be and one of the more respected NFL minds uh, in the media, tweeted out, you know, this isn't for clickbait. I think the Raiders could win the next six games. I felt, I felt finally like somebody – I felt seen in that moment. I was like, Trotter's been listening to me. Uh, look, this was the, the toughest portion of the schedule they'll face for the rest of the year. And the Raiders have lost four games by a total of 14 points. Four games that their high-powered, high-dollar offense has had the ball with the chance to win or tie the game in every single one of them. And they have broke wrong every single time. I don't believe in the phrase of learning to win for a bunch of NFL players. Like, you've been winning your whole life. They just need to start getting some breaks. And, you know, that, that's something that I think takes care of itself. The next five or six teams are easy opponents. The Raiders will hit the midseason at 500 and then we'll be back in the playoff conversation. I'm, I'm genuinely not worried about that portion of it. Wow. That's a lot of optimism for a one and four team. Yeah, but, you know, like, I also have a lot of pessimism for a four and one team in the, in the Giants. Like, a couple of years ago, or, or, yeah, it was two years ago, the Steelers started with, what, 10 or 11 wins in a row, and people were killing us at ESPN for not giving them enough love. They're not getting enough respect. Well, they weren't a good football team. So, like, wins and losses early in the season – are more about how does it look and how does it play forward in my mind. Like that, maybe that's a college football guy in me, but like the eye test says that the Giants stink and the eye test says that the Raiders are okay. Neither of them are as good or bad as their record. So I try and imply that universally. Uh, what do you think the issue is with Darren Waller and the hamstring and how worried are you that it's a long-term thing? I- I'm really worried on that one because like he hasn't been himself when he's been on the field. And I hope this quiets up some of the people that were convinced that the hamstring injury was a farce in the preseason because, you know, certainly he's, he hasn't been himself. Something's bothering him. The fact that he missed a bunch of preseason, now it's back in a game where, man, they desperately needed him. Uh, I, I think that's a, a huge concern. And there is a huge concern with Darren Waller about the fact that he can't stay healthy. And, you know, th- there are – the age is part of this, and everybody ages differently. But also, the way you treat your body for a long time is part of this. And and we don't have any idea for Darren Waller that's been very public about the way he's changed his life. And I think it's one of the most incredible stories uh, that gets undertold sometimes, as much as they tell it, because people talk about Vegas, uh, you know, so much and the the temptation. Darren Waller is a true inspiration. Do we know what the years of abuse to his body will do to how he ages? Nope. And do we know? how his body's going to handle this. Right now, we know that over the last couple of years, it's starting to break down. Now, maybe that's just who he's going to be. Maybe this is genetics. Maybe it's any of those things. We have no idea. But what we do know is that Darren Waller right now can't make it through a 17-game season, and you just gave him a bunch of money. So you better hope that that hamstring gets fined quickly because we, we just haven't seen the, the Raiders' offense be able to even be – I can't blame the offensive line. Like, this just isn't the Raiders' offense that was supposed to create mismatch problems. All right, before we let you go, Blink-182 announced they're getting back together, going on a tour. Do you have a Blink-182 story, and are you going to go see one of those Man. shows? 
I don't have a Blink-182, sorry, honestly. Uh, but, yeah, heck yeah, I'm going to go see one of those shows. Like, they are one of the few, like, rock groups don't age well. They somehow have. Like, they, I still feel like if you sat down at the Thanksgiving table, you'd look at me and be like, tell me a story, and it would be a great one. There's some, they don't seem like, you know, they're the old men in leather pants yet, so I'm all in for seeing them. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd go to see them on this tour for sure. All right. He's Jason Fitz from ESPN, a uh, very optimistic Raiders fan. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Uh, pessimistic about farewell tours. They're only farewell tours until you see the payday at the end of it, and then you're like, guys, let's do this again in five years. I'm just saying. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Ed. Uh, real quick, did you see this on the filing on the Devontae Adams charge? No. Did by intentional overact inflict bodily injury or cause an unlawful offensive contact upon the name redacted by pushing name redacted to the ground using two hands causing whiplash, headache, possible minor concussion? I believe it. I mean, we talk about football I, players getting concussions when their heads hit the ground while they're wearing a helmet. Yeah. This guy's not wearing a helmet. And... Being hit by other football players. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yes, football players getting hit is one thing. This is this is just a normal guy getting shoved to the ground. So, I, yeah, I, I believe it. And this guy probably got treated for a concussion better than Tua did. Yeah. <laughs> this guy will not be able to shoot the next three games. His cameras have been taken away from him. All right. We've got tickets to give away. In this moment is coming to the House of Blues this Friday, October 14th. And we got a four-pack of tickets. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. That's 702-364-1100. We're going to take caller number three at 702-364-1100. You'll win tickets to go see In This Moment at the House of Blues on Friday. Three infielders on the left side against Myers, who skies this one to deep left field. Trace Thompson's going back. He's at the wall. He leaps, and it's going to go. A home run for Will Myers. Padres are on the board here in the fifth. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Please tell me you are not still worried about losing to the Padres. I'm just looking at my friend over here for that clip. Unbelievable. (laughs) The one he finds didn't get Trey Turner's 430-foot bomb. Didn't happen. Um, uh, the yes. Dodgers beat the Padres in game one. You Darvish, terrific. He's terrific. He goes tonight. Oh, my God. <sighs> Who's pitching for the Dodgers? Clayton Kershaw. Who has, a, who has what? A 2.9 ERA <laughs> or something like that? Like, come on. Come on. Can't be that worried. How many times have the Dodgers beaten the Padres this year? Uh, it's now, I believe, 15 of 20. And and they're up one nothing in the series. Yes, and you're petrified. So the Padres no, are not due. Petrified. The Padres scored in one inning yesterday, right? Yes, and then the bullpen shut them out the rest of the way. But they got shut out by the Pods bullpen, by the way. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Both bullpens were great. They yeah, they also were. put up five runs on Mike Clevenger. Yeah, they'll put up five on you, Darvish today. No worries. Uh, I'm so sure about that. You might not only need you- to put up two. Not the U Darvish that uh, was with the Mets last week and uh, tore them down. Can't believe you're still worried about it. I mean, possibly not as much after going up 1-0. Oh, boy. If they lose tonight. Oh, see me tomorrow. Series over. Oh, they got to go to San Diego. You're going to be horrified. It's great. The Dodgers are going to roll through the Padres. Padres might not win a game. Dodgers are going to roll through the NLCS as well. The team's too good. They're not losing to the Phillies. They're not losing to the Braves. They're not losing to the Padres. Uh, hey. They're playing in the World Series. I'm on board with you in terms of I want you to be right. Believe they're playing me. in the World Series. All right. Hey. They're great. I hope you're right. They're too good. They're a great team. They are too good to not make it out of the National League. 
even if the Braves are good, they're too good to not make it out of the NL. Okay. I just don't, I don't believe they get bounced early. Maybe in the world series, they'll get bounced, but I don't believe they get bounced early. They're too good. They're like the best team in baseball. Jared is fascinated. What are you doing, Jared? We've got sound in the background. Yeah, we got really like we got sound in the background. I have no idea what it is or where it's coming from. Someone's talking in the background. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. Okay. Really? Yeah, it's just us. Yeah, I'm getting it like clear enough that it's annoying. And your headphones are not in your headphones. headphones. I, in my headphones. That's why I keep taking off my headphones and being like, "Where is it coming from?" It's a discussion. Okay. You're not hearing this? No. All right. Well, keep telling me that the Dodgers are going to be in the World Series, and I won't care who's talking in my headphones. All right. uh, I need you to tell me which of these scenarios is worse. So, Phillies reliever Dave Robertson is not on the Phillies NLDS roster because he hurt himself jumping and celebrating a Bryce Harper home run in the wild card round. Okay. So, hurt his leg, hurt a muscle, pulled a muscle, celebrating a teammate's home run. The Astros have a reliever named Phil Maton, who is not on the postseason roster, and his season is over because he punched his locker after his last regular season appearance and broke a finger. Phil Maton, for sure. (laughs) I can see jumping up and down when your guy hits a home run. I can see that. But you are making the choice to be a buffoon and punch lockers and break your finger. So, Phil Maton's worse. You got to admit that. Do you want to know the funniest part about Phil Maton punching his locker? It was the last game of the season. The Astros were not playing for anything. They had already clenched everything they could clench. So game meant nothing. Phil Maton got brought into the game as a reliever to face his younger brother. I remember His this. younger brother plays for the this. Phillies. Yeah. His younger brother got a hit got off Got a base of hit. Uh, Phil Maton ended up getting pulled from the inning. Uh, he gave up one run, got charged. I remember on, this. But his little brother got a hit off of him. And apparently, he was so furious about that that he punched his locker, broke That's a bone. That's what you in, get, man. Broke a bone in his hand and is done Stupidity. for the postseason. It's phenomenal. You think that's that's, that's got to be that's worse than the guy jumping up and down? 100%. Yeah, that's not even close. That dad at Thanksgiving is going to be like, well, he got a hit off you. But then again, I mean, you could have gone and played in the postseason. <laughs> Pass the gravy. <laughs> Hilarious story. Like it was a, it was a fun moment in a meaningless baseball game. Right, mm-hmm. two brothers facing yeah. each other. It exactly. was like, and when it happened, both dugouts were like pumped and into it. Right, both dugouts were like yelling during that at bat because it was neither team was playing for anything. Yeah, it was they didn't just care. fun. And the little brother wins, gets a hit, and Phil Maton was so embarrassed, angry, that he punched his locker. And that was that. Now he's out for the postseason. Complete buffoon. <laughs> and he, and I, but I say that about most guys who do stuff like that. Because I did that once. The You broke a bone? Yeah. Oh, I uh, boxers uh, crushed the uh, knuckle and had a uh, full cast. Wow. Over the... Over the brother of a then girlfriend, he was just being a little, you know what, you know what, you know what, and uh, had to throw, I had to punch something. Younger brother or older brother? Younger brother. Wow. See, yeah. you don't like kids either. This one, I this one I didn't. And uh, yeah, that's all kids. Punch the wall.
Look at you. Did you put a hole in the wall? Dent the wall? It's dented. It's dented. And then uh, was at the uh, emergency about an hour later, and they're like, full cast. <laughs> like, full cast. <laughs> it's great. It's phenomenal. The I've never broken a bone doing that. In my high school basketball team, we had a guy get pulled out of a practice because he, he screwed up. He punched the wall, and my coach made him go run laps. Did he break ah. anything? 